0: All right, it's the Buckeye Blitz. I am Tito Jeff that off Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's a Friday. Um, just to get a couple things out of the way, uh, I at that happens on Twitter is where you can find me. We're also with FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. Thanks so much again for tuning in. Um, Ohio State women's basketball team in action tonight, Friday night taking on Albany. And the Ohio State men, after having about a nine-day layoff, are in action tomorrow at uh, against North Carolina at Madison Square Garden as part of the CBS Sports Classic. That's all going on this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Ohio State basketball. Women today ranked third in the country. Men tomorrow against uh defending national runner-up, North Carolina, out there at MSG. So we'll have more on that, obviously, this weekend uh, after those games end. Uh, the bowl news for Ohio State now. We know they're playing against Georgia, obviously, in the CFP semifinal um, down in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Dome. And Mayan Williams has come out and said, let's back up a little bit. We will first say this, that um, Ryan Day at his press conference recently said that he was asked about um, Dallin Hayden. Dallin Hayden, you remember had a huge role in the win over Maryland, uh, had 142 of his 146 yards the second half, really carried them in the second half, of the offense. And it was pretty much invisible. Only a couple of touches in the Michigan game when Ohio state lost. And there was questions in the press about, you know, Dallin Hayden. Why was he such a factor in the Maryland game, the game before that as well? And not in the game against Michigan when Ohio State really needed a spark on offense. And Dave um, uh, just said, look, he's going to be a big part of the game plan uh, for the uh, bowl game against Georgia. So uh, fast forward then, later on that night, uh, it comes out there, the next day, I say, Trayvon Henderson comes out and says, he's out for the game, up the CFP, he's having surgeries, have foot problems all year long since the Toledo game, which is why he hasn't uh, been out there very often and hasn't looked like himself most of the time he's played. He's been playing hurt. The good news, though, Mayan Williams, the other stud running back for Ohio State, says he'll be close to 100%, if not 100%, by the time the game with Georgia rolls around on New Year's Eve. So, uh, no Travion Henderson, not that surprised. A bigger role for Dallin Hayden, that should be the case. And also, Mayan Williams appears to be healthy. I'm curious of those three, which one... Uh, will end up being the best pro because they're all three different levels right now in their lives. As far as Maya Williams could leave right now, he's a redshirt sophomore. He could leave after this season. He's 5'9", 225. Travion Henderson, uh, he is a sophomore, so he still has to wait one more year before going to the pros. He is 5'10", 215 pounds. Dallin Hayden, true freshman, 5'10", 195. All different types of running backs, but all three should be able to have success at the NFL level. I'm not sure which one, though. I guess it will depend more on the scheme and which teams they go to to see where they will end up being, or how successful they can be in the NFL. But I think all three certainly have a future in the NFL. I hope uh, all three are back next year. Um, there's been talk about Hayden potentially transferring over to Tennessee, back to his home state. But uh, right now it looks like Hayden and Mind Williams will get the, um, the bulk of the touches out of the backfield for Ohio State when they play on New Year's Eve against Georgia for a chance to go to the college football championship. Uh, latest CBS mock draft came out and uh, had uh, C.J. Stroud going number seven to the Colts. Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle, number 13 to the Steelers. And JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Vikings at 30. Um, th- that sound, I mean, I do think JSN falls to the end of the first round. The Vikings be a great spot for him. Going opposite Justin Jefferson there would be huge. Uh, Paris Johnson to the Steelers. I love any time a Buckeye goes to the Steelers and can make an impact like Cam Hayward did, for instance, uh, for a long time and still continues to do so. And as far as C.J. Stroud goes, I just want to see him go to a better situation than say it's in Houston where, you know, they've got so many holes to fill. They've got an um, a unstable organization, all the problems they have with Deshaun, everything that went on there still. They're still kind of feeling the effects of all of that. So I just hope C.J. Stroud goes to a situation where he has the best chance to be successful quickly, a better chance probably with Indy, uh, despite their issues with ownership and coaching than I think you would have in um, in Houston with the Texans. All right. Uh, Wednesday, next Wednesday, the twenty-first of uh, December, is the first day of the early signing period, and um, we'll see what happens with Ohio State. They got the players; they know that that will be there, locked in. Uh, they just picked up a four-star recruit in the twenty twenty-three class, a quarterback, um, and uh, he is out of South Dakota. He was originally committed to Washington, and now Lincoln Kleinholes is—I'm uh, sorry, Keenholes is going to be at Ohio State instead. Uh, four-star, decommitted from Washington, now coming to Ohio State. And what I love about this guy, he's a three-sport star who, um, if you watch his highlights, you can go find his highlights out there, but he's a uh, fantastic basketball player. You see him shoot a jump shot, a three-pointer, and also throw him one down, hitting a bomb in baseball. So I love these multi-sport stars that come in through Ohio State. I just think that um, he's got a different level of athleticism when it comes to the quarterback position. Maybe the CJ Stroud has, whereas Stroud, we know, is a great passer. But this guy might be a little more of a well-rounded athlete. Not saying he's the same passer as Stroud, but he seems like he is uh, more likely to be uh, comfortable running the ball when necessary. So that's going to happen in the 2023 class. 2023 classes are pretty much locked up. There's a few guys still out there they're looking for, looking at, they're in on. Uh, We'll know more that will become clear next week. But big news this week came with the announcement that 2024 wide receiver jeremiah smith who's down uh, in florida down close to the university of miami actually the, the u down there where the canes are he committed to ohio state he's a five-star receiver the number one receiver in the class of 2024 and the number two overall player in the class of 2024 the top prospect in the class of 2024 is dylan wayola the quarterback from arizona who's also committed to ohio state so the buckeyes as it is right now have two they have verbal commitments from the top two players in the class of 2024. Now, that's great for recruiting, and that's great uh, public relations for the program. That's all it is, though. And while I'm excited about it, it's okay to be excited about it. You've got to keep it in perspective, because these are just verbal commits. T. John Johnson, Mark Fletcher, Brock Glenn, Ty Lockwood, those were all 2023 verbal commits who have since left. It's going on to other places, places like Alabama, uh, I believe Florida for one of them, maybe Florida State. But anyway, Brock Glenn was the four-star quarterback committed to Ohio State. He decommitted, and that's what allowed Buck, the Buckeyes to well, out get this new quarterback they got from South Dakota. So although it's nice to say, hey, Ohio State's got the top two players in the 2024 class, keep in mind, these are high school juniors. They could enroll early, sure. In some cases, reclassify. They could do that. But there's a lot of things that can happen between now and next year's signing day. A lot of things happen in their lives. Just think of your life as a high school junior and the way your life, things that happen in your life from the time you were a junior to halfway through your senior year. It's, you know, what if coaching staff changes? What if Ryan Day would leave for the NFL before signing day next year? What if uh, Brian Hartline got a job at another university somewhere before that? Um, what if, what, what are these quarterbacks? What if a, a quarterback, um, you know, like this kid of South Dakota, Or if Stroud came back, or if Kyle McCord, what if if someone has a Heisman Trophy-type season at Ohio State and cements the starting job? Would Rayola consider going elsewhere? What about a head coach or something like that? Someone else makes a late plea. uh, You never know what's going to happen. So I'm not trying to, you know, quell the enthusiasm of Buckeye fans, but just keep in mind, these are 2024 kids. Nothing is written in stone yet. They haven't signed any documents. They've made verbal commitments to Ohio State, which is a huge step, but it's not final. It's not, it's, there's, they can get out of Ohio State, can get out of Ohio State, could also say, you know, what, we're pulling it. So there's a lot of things that can happen. We'll see, but it's great PR. And that's all this is right now is PR. That's all this is because it's, Ohio State can now say, yeah, we got the top two kids. When they go recruit, when Ryan Day goes to recruit somebody, Hey, the top two kids are coming here. Don't you want to come here and block for them? Uh, run behind that line, Uh, catch passes from this quarterback. Don't you want to do those things? Don't you be lined up opposite this receiver? Don't you want to be, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to spin the positivity for Ohio State and the fact they've got the top two recruits, but we've got to keep it in perspective. And, you know, like I say, wait until we see when they get their name signed on the line that says, I'm coming to Ohio State. All right, uh, other big news in the Big Ten. Uh, The California, University of California Board of Regents, they approved by an 11-5 vote UCLA's move to the Big Ten. Uh, USC is a private institution, so the, no one could do anything about that. UCLA is a public institution. They've got ties with the University of California, and so they had to get approval. Now, I always thought this would happen. I was never concerned that UCLA would not leave to join the Big Ten. I, I figured they would pass. Like I say, 11 to 5 was the vote. Uh, it, all this is all about – I knew as soon as the money got figured out, as soon as California, University of California could say, look, um, or the Board of just said, look, this is what has to happen financially for us to let you go. UCLA would come up with a way to say, yep, I got it. We'll do it. And they would say, fine, let's vote. And they went. So uh, UCLA has got to invest some money in some student activities to make sure that the students are taken care of. They're traveling out there for these different times. They've got to come out for sporting events and they've got to take commit to making extra effort, extra incentives, extra money involved to um, to assist in the transitions that will happen when they when the Bruins have to come out to the Midwest and to the East Coast, where it's something to play Rutgers. They also have to pay money to the University of California. Uh, it's going to be somewhere between two and ten million uh, per year potentially. They haven't all the all that part's not worked. It hasn't been disclosed. I think it's all worked out. It hasn't been disclosed, and a lot of it's going to depend on um, the TV contract that the Pac-12, which they don't have right now, the TV contract they end up with um, it will kind of determine how much UCLA. Will end up having to pay back, or you know, to you know, kind of an exit fee type thing is what it would be. So um, right now, according to the Los Angeles Times, UCLA's athletic department's like sixty million in debt, sixty plus million, and they should get about seventy million from the Big Ten in the first year of the rights deal that they have going on with uh, Fox and NBC and uh, CBS. So um, that right there will I've uh, helped UCLA out. And um as they move into the Big Ten and as they pay off some of that stuff. Look, I I was initially really excited about UCLA and USC joining, but you know, from a money standpoint, yes, it makes perfect sense for them to do it. From a competitive standpoint, though, does it make sense for UCLA? The Pac-12 champion will get an automatic bid into the CFP. It's much easier now to win the Pac-12 with USC gone than it is to win the Big Ten with USC there in Ohio State, in Michigan, in Penn State. It's much more difficult to win the Big Ten. It's a little harder to get that. I just wonder about the, although the, the money part of it, yes, I get it. it, makes a lot of sense financially, but competitive wise, UCLA probably better, better off staying in the Pac-12, and there's other schools too will look and say, if they can join, depending on what conference invites them, you know, they gotta look at the money side, which obviously will be the most important part, but also the competitive side of it, because winning the Big 12, Is easier than winning the sec in football no doubt about it texas oklahoma joining the sec big 12 becomes a much more winnable conference for whoever's in there and whoever's coming to join like cincinnati is but um the uh, pac-12 much easier to win than the big 10 now that usc's gone so that could be attractive to some schools looking to move into the power five area or move around from where they're at right now in a power five conference but um that'll be interesting to watch and see how this all plays out. 2024 is when UCLA and USC will be joining the Big Ten, um, and we'll have the 12 team playoff by then. Look, college football, college sports are changing dramatically over a three year period. You're probably starting last year and for the next two years here, college football is going to look much different than it did. Bigger changes probably in the sport than in the last 40 years combined. So uh, that's it for today's Buckeye Blitz. Follow me on Twitter at ThatHappens. Ohio State Buckeye men again play Saturday against North Carolina at Madison Square Garden. The women, are going to be in Albany. Um, They're playing Albany, I'm sorry, here in Columbus tonight, Friday night. So we'll have recaps of all that kind of information coming up this weekend. Again, we are powered by Fan Street Street Sports, powered by DSP Media Podcast Network. By all means, follow us. Like all these shows. There's a lot of great content here, and uh, I will talk to you soon.